a landslide victory. Game. Blouses. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. 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 It's uh, it just doesn't matter. I mean, I you know, I mean, everybody's got to have something to talk about. Everybody's got to have something to write about. That's what makes the world go round. That's what makes it fun. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I think it's excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. You know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. And now, Brad Sinkiff and John Height with the press box on the roar. Welcome to the Press Box. Brad Siegel here with John Hype, broadcasting live on this Wednesday, January the 24th, 2024, from the Upcountry Fiber Studios here at the Roar, 1055-975-TheRoarFM.com. Happy hump day to everybody out there. Hope you're having a good week so far. Try to keep it rolling for you, as it is Concernometer Day. We've got a few things to get to on the Concernometer, plus Clemson football schedule coming out tonight. I know John's excited about that. You can already see it on his face. Uh, we'll discuss a little bit of that. Uh, plus, we'll get into some college basketball and some college football, baseball Hall of Fame. It's going to be a pretty busy show, so you want to stay tuned right here on The Roar, the entire uh, three hours of the press box. And then we'll turn it over to Out of Bounds coming up here in a little bit. So, you want to get in, 654-7627, 654-ROAR is the number on the phone lines and on the Adams & Co. roofing text line. We've still got uh, some other things for Clemson football we haven't gotten to yet. We're planning this week. We'll see if we get to some of that today. If not, we will get to it tomorrow. Uh, but we do want to get into, we're just kind of doing our own little breakdown of the roster, uh, position by position group, and taking a look at you know, who's who's who and who's what, and is it good enough to make the college football playoff going position by position? Kind of a different way to look at the depth chart. So we'll continue to do that uh, at some point, either today or tomorrow. I want to kick that back up. We started it last week. We've not completed it. We will. We will complete that at some point. we got to get the offensive side of the ball wrapped up, then we'll turn it over to the defense. Good morning, John. How are you? Doing well, Brad. How are you doing this morning? I am well. Uh, last night, you called it. You said there was going to be an upset in Columbia that the Gamecocks would knock off Kentucky basketball, and they did. I wasn't just knocking them off, Brad. They embarrassed the Wildcats down there in Colonial Life Arena. Really did. Uh, it was a big second half, especially for South Carolina. Uh, really, they it was 79-62. Uh, they, they just... 
were relentless on the defensive end. Kentucky was up 21-16, and then South Carolina turned up a notch. This was a defensive performance that you just don't see very often. I mean, Kentucky, as I said yesterday, averaging, what, 91.6 points per game, number one in the country. They scored 62. John Calipari said after the game that this is the best defensive team in the SEC. I agree with him. Well, statistically, they are. Yeah. <laughs> He's especially not when you can you know, cut them down by almost 30 points of their average. Yeah, after that 21-16 start, that lead that they built, Kentucky did, they scored four points the rest of the first half. And in the second half, it was just it was like one nice little spurt by South Carolina to go up by double digits, and that was it. It was lights out. There was just no chance. And they stormed the court and jumped in the fountain, and there were big celebrations in Columbia following uh, their first their, their highest-ranked win since 2010. Isn't that crazy? Good for y'all. Enjoy it. It's a big win. Absolutely. We said it was going to validate what Lamont Paris is doing with this team. This is not just sort of one of those, you know, oh, they had an easy non-conference and they got off to a good start and now they're going to come back down to earth kind of thing. No, this is this sort of validates that they're they're a real team. Absolutely. They're a real player in the SEC right now. Uh, I... I thought this team was really good the second I saw them play. I'm going back to November. I remember coming in here after a weekend. They were out at that showcase, that two-game showcase out in Arizona. And I remember coming here and saying, man, this is a completely different animal, what they've got this year. It's an amazing turnaround. And they're actually, I think, pretty good. And, you know, they they lost to Clemson, a team that has – it was playing really well at the time, no question. Clemson looked like one of the better teams in the country. Absolutely. When they when they hosted uh, the Gamecocks and were able to knock them off, they, you know they got smoked uh, at Bama. They just ran into a buzzsaw that day. Uh, their defense could not save them, and they just Alabama. They, they couldn't hit a shot either. They only scored forty seven points and got blown out. And they've lost that that close game to Georgia. Uh, was it last week? That's it, John. That's that's their three losses on the season. And now South Carolina feeling like uh, it's 2016-17 all over again. You know, I love the rivalries in our region here, Brad, because as we're sitting here giving the Gamecocks credit for a win over Kentucky last night, we have a Clemson fan and a Georgia fan get in on the Adams & Co. roofing text line saying, thank you, South Carolina, for helping us out last night in beating Kentucky. It did, yeah. No question. It helps everybody. <laughs> In terms, I mean, that's that's what the net rankings have done to everyone, John. They've made you hope that other teams beat other good teams, so they bolster your resume. I mean, am I wrong? You're not wrong at all. <laughs> I mean, you doesn't need, make it any less crazy, but you're not wrong at all. Looking to see um, if Clemson, yeah, Clemson moved up a spot <laughs> thanks to the uh, South Carolina win there, because South Carolina. Is jump from sixty two to forty eight. Oh boy, yeah, that is a big movement there in the net ranking for the Gamecocks. Really is, and if South Carolina keeps rising, it may become a quad one win at some point. <laughs> Based on the way, I mean, look, South Carolina's got a chance to get a bunch of quad one wins because the SEC's loaded: Auburn, Ole Miss, uh, Tennessee. You know, just beat Kentucky. There's a lot of opportunities to get some some serious wins. Absolutely. In the uh, in the season, so they've they're actually going to help everybody out. Yes, we have entered the uh, era of college basketball where you pull for your the rival 
that you beat, you want them to win the rest of their games if, if, if they can because that would greatly assist you in moving up through the net. So what a system, John. We, we already spent 10 minutes on the net yesterday and some of the ridiculousness. But. Yeah, I, just, I look at the slate here for the Gamecocks coming up. You got Missouri this weekend at home. Mm-hmm. Should be able to handle that. At Tennessee and at Georgia, back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, Bandy, then at Auburn. Okay. A very intriguing stretch. Very here. intriguing stretch. Uh, they have two games with Tennessee and Ole Miss left on the schedule. Each. The way this sets up, they, they absolutely cannot lose to Missouri on Saturday because that's a team that they beat on the road already. Not a very good Missouri team. It was a close game. I think it's when they went into overtime. But... They they need to win that game. They cannot lose that and split the series with Missouri because of what's, af- what's after that. Back-to-back road games at Tennessee and Georgia next week. Man, just can't. You just can't. If they if they lose to Tennessee, it's fine. If they if they split with Georgia, they're fine. So I, I'd say the Missouri game is monumental. And you, there's going to be an emotional letdown, right? That always happens. You get a huge upset. And everybody tells you how great you are for three days, and then you got to go back out there. A lot of times, you don't play so well. Especially, I don't expect the crowd to be as good Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock against Missouri as it was last night against Kentucky. Yeah. Plus, if South Carolina beats Missouri this weekend, guess what's going to happen on Monday? They're going to get ranked. They didn't get any votes this week in the top 25. They will now. I mean, none. And now they're going to... Yeah, they're, they're, there's a good chance they're ranked if they beat Missouri. How, I mean, how could they not be? They would be, what, 16 and... Uh, where did I say they were? 40? 16 yeah, they'd be 17 and 3 if they beat Missouri. How do you not rank a team that is, will be 17 and 3 and have a huge win? And be, be have a winning record in quad one? Got to rank them. 3 and 2? Got to rank them. And has beaten a top... Six team? How would you? I mean, how can you not even? Somebody won't because the polls are just so fallible. You know? Sure, they're just they're ridiculous. But here we are pining for South Carolina basketball on a on a Wednesday in January. Did not expect that to happen, John. Uh, neither did I. Uh, I will say I ended up staying on the SEC network last night after that game went final to attempt to watch some of this Missouri A and M game. Yeah. South Carolina, you cannot lose to this Missouri team. It's not a good team. They're very bad. Yeah, They're very bad at basketball, which is a problem because they're out there to try to play basketball. But they're 0-6 <laughs> in league so far. <laughs> they only beat them by two in the other Columbia a couple weeks ago. It's going to be it's gonna be a very interesting game. But, you know, we said yesterday, I asked you, this, this, maybe it was Monday, does South Carolina look like a tournament team? Yeah. And we said, yeah. So... They have to continue to validate that, though. This is a this is a moving scale. It you is, didn't get you didn't get your ticket stamped last night by beating Kentucky, but it is a great spot on the resume. I am very curious that we're going to see because success is harder to handle than failure sometimes. Sometimes, and I'm curious to see just how motivated and well this team plays when Missouri comes to town and it's sort of like, now the, the you would think the crowd would be great, right? A Saturday. Afternoon game at home. There's no reason people not to go. Yeah, but, but it won't be what it was last night. No, but I'm saying last night will generate the buzz you need to get people in the door sure, for yeah. a 1 o'clock game on Saturday. Yeah, I think so. Just 
they just they just hope they're not let down. We've seen it. It happens in sports inevitably all the time. All the time. But it can't happen for South Carolina here. This can't be a letdown spot. Would Would you back Missouri plus the points right now? No. Okay. Oh, you're you're gonna ride high on this. Uh, I don't, I don't think. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna take the Missouri. Well, granted, I don't know what the line is yet. The line won't come out for a couple more days, but yeah, it'll probably be like seven and a half. Uh, Tennessee hosts the uh, Gamecocks next week. My volunteers. your volunteers bandwagon team of volunteer the, Brad of the month. I'm I'm, I'm only gonna say the month. I'm not gonna say the year because I I reserve the right to jump off the bandwagon. You can do that any day. I don't know why you have to specify a time frame. <laughs> Whether it's going uphill or downhill, I am I can jump off the bandwagon at any point. That's what you do. That's what the rules are. There are no rules in the bandwagon. Exactly. The rules are there are no rules. It's perfect. <laughs> it's a great system for you. But I am on the bandwagon right now. Because they have Dalton Connect, nobody else does. That's a very fair point. <laughs> that's why that's why I'm high on Tennessee right now. Plus they've they got him and you don't. They've got like grown men who are, you know, thirty years old playing on that on that roster as well. Brad, you kept, were you able to catch any of the basketball last night? Did you watch any of that Duke-Louisville game? Uh, very little. I was tuned into the South Carolina game for the most part, but I, I did look over there at the Duke game a little bit. There there were some reasons there in that second half. I kind of wanted to see what, what Louisville was doing there. They kind of hung around a little longer than they should have. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. yeah. Duke ends up winning 83-69, but uh, it, it was a closer game than it probably needed to be. Well, maybe a little more uncomfortable than it needed to be. Against... A six and thirteen Louisville team. Again, Duke does not play like they. They sort of just play to their. T- I, can't, I, I can't wait to play North Carolina and Clemson. They play Clemson this weekend, but those are the two you know better teams in the conference. Sure, I, I just want to see if they actually step up or if they look like the same sort of disjointed, disoriented team that they do against the Louisvilles and the Notre Dames because they have. They've looked just kind of listless. It's like, well, they looked like last night that they were up 11 at half. They're like, all right, we got this. Yeah. Let's just go through the motions in the second half. And I give Louisville some credit there. They didn't go down without a fight last night. Yeah. I mean, they did get a really good game out of Proctor. And when he's running, when he's running the show uh, and he can score like that at the same time, it, it changes who they are as, as a team. But I, I don't, I, I think a lot of times they end up just standing around waiting on Filipowski or Mitchell or just somebody to start playing well. You know, it's like, let's just see if somebody plays well instead of, attacking and going and playing well. Yeah, I feel like there's very much the mentality of, oh, somebody will pick it up. So, yeah. Somebody will do it. Everyone's here talented. Someone will get hot at some point. We'll just work our way through the game to figure out who that is. I don't know. That's, that's not a great way to play basketball, in my opinion. It's not an attacking manner. But they don't, they don't attack. They let teams stick around and they hang around and then they win games by enough of a margin to feel good about it. But did they really look good in the win? Not all the time. Six five four roar. That's the number on the phone lines you want to get in. Uh, by the way, Florida State knocked off Syracuse eighty five to sixty nine last night. Uh, so Florida State gets back in winning ways following their uh, loss to Clemson over the weekend, and then Pitt beat Georgia Tech seventy two to sixty four in ACC play over in the Big Ten. Nebraska smoked Ohio State eighty three sixty nine. How about that? Nebraska's tough at home, man. You you're not going in there winning. Very often. They are really, really good at home. Yeah, Ohio State's kind of whatever. All right, when we come back, we'll get into some other things that happened in the world of sports. Talk some NFL coaching carousel. We got Concerno Meter today. A lot of things going to pop up on that. 654 Roar back after this. 
The Pendleton Tire Company wants you to have a tire as strong as you are. The Michelin Defender LTX is ready for the tough jobs and the long hauls. It holds up to tough conditions and will keep you rolling strong with confidence. Give Zach or Joey a call at 864-646-3694. Michelin Tires and the Pendleton Tire Company, a winning combination since 1973. PendletonTire.com. It's Race for the Green Time. Go ahead and make your plans to sign up today. Run signup.com. It's coming your way March 16th, 2024. Make a commitment to do your first 5K or half marathon and take advantage of those early bird pricing. Run signup.com. Great swag, the beautiful medal that everybody talks about. This is our 14th annual half marathon and 5K. Sign up today. Don't forget March 16th, 2024. Run signup.com and come on and have a great time. There is a problem with mattresses. The bad ones leave you sleeping in a hole way too quickly, and no one makes flippable mattresses anymore. Engineered sleep designs and manufacturers mattresses that solve common issues and sleep comfortably. Whether you prefer firm or soft, they have you covered. Go check out their industry-leading dual mattress and their flippable classic hybrids at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive, Greenville, or visit engineeredsleep.com to learn more. Outstanding customer service, incredible prices, and special requests. See why our customer reviews rave about Anderson Beverage Outlet with a great selection of wine, beer, and spirits. Anderson Beverage Outlet is your go-to destination. 3% savings for our law enforcement, healthcare, and military professionals. Plus, savings for you in our customer appreciation program. Anderson Beverage Outlet, 140 Commons Parkway, Anderson, in front of Lowe's and Target. Ben here for EC Sports, and I'm thrilled to introduce their cutting-edge product, the new non-stem pump pre-workout. This caffeine-free formula is specifically crafted to boost strength and power during your most intense workouts, all while promoting increased blood flow. Thanks to their patented and clinically tested vasodilator, Maxinos, this formula takes your performance to the next level. Paired seamlessly with top-performing enhancers and nootropics, it delivers unparalleled strength, power, and focus. Experience the difference at upstatemuscle.com. This is Alan Smith, owner of Smitty Smoking Soul Food in Easley. We humbly accepted the 2023 Best New Restaurant of the Upstate Award and could not have done it without our loyal guests, friends, family, and our amazing team members. Drop in this week and try our famous soul rolls, fried chicken breast, brisket, wings, and amazing sides like fried okra, five cheese mac, jalapeno cheddar cornbread, and so much more. Just like Grandma made it, visit Smitty's at 5284 Calhoun Memorial Highway in Easley. We'll see you soon. If you've fallen out of love with your home, maybe you just need a refresh. Contact Serta Pro Painters and we'll put the power of pro to work for you. That's Serta Pro's power to transform living rooms and rejuvenate kitchens. The power to get the job done right, on time, and within your budget. Get that loving feeling back with the help of Serta Pro Painters. Start your project at SertaPro.com. The power of pro. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. In the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. The ugly truth is when you buy a timeshare, you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. 
I recently helped a couple that had their maintenance fees go from $800 to $3,200 a year. They also received a $4,000 assessment for a hurricane that was over 1,000 miles away. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your time share or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. Call 800-414-7272. That's 800-414-7272. 800-414-7272. Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Press Box with Brad and John. It makes it more competitive. The perfect way to get through your morning. Every time he opens his mouth, something irritating comes out. Weekdays from 9 to noon on The Roar. Where every day is game day. Back here live on the Roar, 925 a.m. The Press Box with Brad and John. Thank you for joining us today. Still got a lot to do before we uh, work our way to Concernometer, but we'll get there soon. John, Hall of Fame for major or for baseball was released yesterday. The three uh, new inductees in the class of 2024. Adrian Beltre. Joe Maurer and Todd Helton. Do you have any issue with any of those? Personally, no. I can understand why some people may have an issue with Todd Helton, but when you hold the lead in every statistical category for your franchise, I don't really have a problem with it. Hey, he's my least favorite of the group. I don't I don't know that I feel like Todd Helton had to be a Hall of Famer, but sixth year on the ballot, you finally want to put him in. It's kind of whatever now at this point. Uh, with that, uh, Beltray I thought was a no-brainer. Yeah, for me at least. I, I, I thought Maurer was a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I mean he dominated his position. He was the best player at his position for years, not just one or two or three, for years and years. I thought Maurer was the best catcher in, in the majors, and I thought Beltray just he was a very feared hitter. Absolutely, and he hit for average. He hit home runs. He drove in hundred RBIs. Like he just he was just really good. At what he did, so I'm I'm perfectly fine with with those two for sure. Uh, Helton, I could take him or leave him at this point, but I mean I understand your case there for him. Any surprise who didn't get in? Billy Wagner. I was a little surprised by Billy Wagner. I Man, thought he, he would have so had close. the votes. I he thought he so would have had the votes. Yeah, he was trying to. You know, it's hard for relievers. I mean, it's really really difficult. But he was as dominant in the game as there was at his time when yes. he was playing at his peak. Yes, uh, Gary Sheffield. Uh, his 10th year on the ballot, didn't get enough votes. Uh, Andrew Jones, the former Atlanta Brave, uh, amongst other teams, the Dodgers. But uh, seventh year on the ballot, and he did not get in. I just don't know that. I don't Andrews. think it happens for Andrew Jones. Doesn't, doesn't feel like it. Uh, I. The thing is, I think he's very borderline. As much as, you know, bias sure, wants yeah. him in there. Like, would I be mad if he got in? No. Would I... Would I uh, just out of bias and just out of you know love for the Braves, be like, yeah, he deserves to be in if he got in. Would I argue that? Sure, probably so. But I, I do think from a statistical standpoint and from you know just the player he was, I I get why people don't want to put him in. I, I think he's very borderline. He he was the problem is you can't really weigh his defensive ability and what he meant from that 
from that standpoint as much as you can. All these other guys who they can just go look at numbers and decide whether they liked them or not. <laughs> you know, that's kind of that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Did I, did I did I want to collect his baseball card? Or did I hate his guts? That's what it really comes down to. But I think that Jones is still a very much borderline guy. I mean, he tailed off so much, and if he if he had retired a little bit sooner, we might be having a different story. But the numbers dropped off just off a cliff, and so I think that's really hurt him in terms of that. But um, other guys that were there, you know, Beltran, Carlos Beltran was uh, on the second year. He didn't get nearly enough. He was the only other player above 50%. Uh, A-Rod only got 34% of votes. Manny Ramirez, 32 Do you think A-Rod ever gets in? I don't know. For a lot of reasons. I mean, one was the, the steroids. Sure, yeah. Um, Being number one, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he got busted. You know, that's different than just ended up. That's even different than just being on a report, right? Like literally getting busted. Uh, I think that plus he's, he, I, I, I know he's like a media guy now, but I just don't know that he was all that well liked. And I, unfortunately, that's such a huge component because to getting who in the Hall of Fame. is doing the voting? Baseball writers. So if you were kind enough to take time to talk to them, to help them out on pieces, to help them out with their articles or doing certain things, you probably have a better chance of getting their vote than you do if than otherwise. Is it a flawed system? Yes. I think all Hall of Fame voting in this country is flawed. Yeah. NFL's probably the best at it, but But this th- this is why I don't I don't get up in arms if somebody gets in I don't think should be in or I don't go nuts if a guy gets left out because it is so full. It is, and it is. It's so much based on things that are not real criteria. You know, like it's. I I could put bias aside, as a media member, and tell you like we just talked about South Carolina basketball. My goodness, for the for like ten minutes. You know, like it's easy to put some biases aside and just recognize what's good and what's not. I don't know why the writers and for baseball can't just do that. Because I think I think the voting's vastly different if that's actually the case. But they hold grudges and they don't like some some things they see and some things the way they were treated or whatever they hold it against guys. But I don't I don't think writers should be deciding this. I really don't. I, I it's, it's kind of like with the Heisman. You know, the Heisman gives out a vote to everybody. Like people who don't even. I told you I worked with someone who had a Heisman vote who came to me and asked me who they should vote for because they didn't watch any players play. You think he was the only person in the world that's ever been given a Heisman vote that didn't watch football? Probably not, <laughs> would be my guess. No, you're yeah, it's It is a flawed system, but it is the system, and uh, we celebrate the three who are in today, but I don't really care <laughs> that they're, who didn't get in or who, you know, I, again, I don't, I'm not a big Helton guy, but I'm not going to sit here and uh, belabor the point anymore. But I'm glad to see Beltray get in, you know, as, as someone who was very active in fantasy baseball back during Beltray's era. Uh, he, he was always a, a favorite of mine. I just can't believe it how dominant his voting was. Over 95% of that's, the vote. That's higher than I, well, I mean, some people did leave him off the ballot, which is strange. And he still got 95%. Uh, but the guy hit, what, four, was it 477 home runs, I think it was, and... I mean, he was perennial, like, battling for the batting title kind of guy most years. So, I I got no problem with Beltre being in there. 
very, very feared hitter. Not a guy you wanted to face. He is among only four players in baseball history to reach 400 home runs, 3,000 hits, while accumulating at least five gold gloves. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, interesting note I was reading this morning. He accumulated the third highest war ever among third basemen in a 21-year career. That would be why he got the 95%. That's why it's that high. And I think if there's any knock, it's that he didn't have a ton of all-star appearances. I, man, that's overrated. That Again, that's a it's voting. it's a fan vote. It's a fan vote. It's a voting thing. I, I'm not holding it against guys about all-star, vote, about all-star games. I never like using all-stars to, to judge how good or bad a player was. I agree with that. In all-star any sport. appearances just don't, yeah. NBA all-star game, pro bowl voting, mm-hmm. it all just doesn't, doesn't really matter. No, it's it's in terms of your your when your career is all said and done as we're evaluating the entirety of your resume. I'm not looking at how many times you appeared in the Midsummer Classic. I will go way down the list. Like I'll go through a whole bunch of other criteria before I ever get to All Stars, and it's sort of a bonus. Yeah, if you made like nine All Star appearances in twelve seasons, well, that, that's kind of cool. That's interesting. But if you got snubbed a few years or the voting just, you missed out by a couple, but who cares? Who cares? Because you were battling with somebody else who happened to have just a really hot June or something and the fans got online and really did the voting for him. And now with social media, you know, I think think the voting gets skewed even more from the fan vote that I'm just not, I'm just not up in arms about that at all. Um, But, you know, good for those guys who, who made it in and. We'll now move on to the class of 2025 and talk about it this time next year. <laughs> That's kind of where I am with Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, you and me both. I'll, I will ask you this. Do you ever think we get a change in the process, meaning not not baseball writers alone getting votes on this? No. I don't think it ever changes. I don't think there's enough. Um, I don't think enough will ever be made of it. I don't think there's enough people in power who will really do what it takes to actually tweak and impact this and then in return burn the bridges with the baseball writers who are going to make the all-star or the uh excuse me the hall of fame process even more ridiculous once they lose their vote yeah think about the perception of the baseball hall of fame what it will be if you take the baseball writers ability away to impact it Uh, well see that, that that's probably the biggest issue is if if we change the process then how do you validate all the other people who got in before that and how do you compare it so then like I don't know. We enter a different era. It's it's too much of a headache, probably, for the Baseball Hall of Fame people. That's why I don't think it ever happens. Yeah. Just keep appeasing the writers and let them vote for it. And yet it'll become less and less relevant every year. Yep. Because I do. I, I mean, to me, this mattered 20 years ago way more than it matters today. It mattered 10 years ago. I mean, I remember, what, three years ago, I remember coming on here at these airwaves, and Mickey Pyler and I did almost an entire three-hour show one morning about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Now? We, we won't even do minutes. the whole segment. Yeah, we just did three minutes. We're not doing three hours. I can assure you of that. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us. Uh, some other things going on in the world of sports since we were last on yesterday. John, still no one has been hired in the NFL for a head coaching position since we were last on. Uh, Does anybody want these jobs? <laughs> well, I mean, Jim Harbaugh was supposed to be in negotiations with the Chargers, but then nothing has come of it. It was a done deal until it wasn't. And then all of a sudden, come out of nowhere, like staying at a wrestling match out of the top rope, comes Pete Carroll all of a sudden for the Chargers job. Yeah. Don't know where that came from. 
I felt like it was like an hour after it was a done deal between Harbaugh and the Chargers, and all of a sudden, well, don't count out Pete Carroll here. I don't understand what's going on here. And as of right now, because I saw a report from Josh Kendall from TheAthletic.com. We'll have Daniel Shirley on later this week, but to talk about it. Uh, Josh had had a list of, of candidates who have who have interviewed, like what interview they're on. And as far as Harbaugh still not gotten that second interview with the Falcons. That's the team that Kendall covers. Still not gotten that second interview. So I don't know when that's going to happen, if it's going to actually happen. I don't know what happened with the Chargers breakdown there. Maybe negotiations didn't go well. Maybe it's a maybe it's they're at a standstill potentially, and they're kind of waiting to see who flinches on this or that. Could even be just Jim Harbaugh wanting to take the night to sleep on it. You know, go home and talk to his wife and forty four kids about what are they going to do moving to Los Angeles. He's got a huge family. What? Yeah, maybe so. And then, you know, who are you bringing with you? Is Jay Harbaugh coming with him? Is uh, Mentor coming with him? You know, I'm sure that he wants to kind of figure out all of those personal things as to who's leaving Michigan with him. Well, he's also got this other side of the saga, which is the Michigan side and the level one violations that could be administered on him. There's a new rule that went into effect last year that if you are found to have done what Jim Harbaugh, but if anybody on your staff is found to have done what Michigan did, the head coach gets a level one violation. Whether he knew about it or what, no matter what evidence he can he can give, he gets hit with a level one violation. Now, the punishment may not have to fit a level one crime. The punishment may not happen if he's able to sign that deal that gives him immunity from all this. But that's the problem is they can't avoid the level one violation. And he's not assured that 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 clause in the contract works because he's going to get the level one violation, John. We, it's it's coming, okay? Sure, yeah. No, I, that's I, why I this is a there. story. It, it's coming. Connor Stallions was on his staff. They cheated. The NCAA has already done a ton of investigating, and they find out anybody else on this staff knew about it. That level one violation is going to happen, and that that is you get designated that as a coach, and that tag is there. Whether you get punished or not, how severe punishment is irrelevant. They made a rule that you have to you have to carry that level one tag. That could violate or hurt the contract negotiation. Like that's hurting the negotiations right now. But that could void that deal in the in the contract that Harbaugh's trying to fight with the immunity. So they're trying to figure out <laughs> imagine you're Michigan. Just just think about this for a moment. Imagine you're the the A D at Michigan and you have to call somebody at the NCAA to talk to them about this. How awkward that conversation's got to be. So we're trying to do a contract with Jim where he would get immunity, that we would not void his contract if he gets a level one violation. Exactly walk me through how he would get a level. You know what I mean? Like, how awkward has that got to be? Extremely awkward. (laughs) Ward Manuel is in a very tough spot right now. I'm not even sure what you compare that to. I mean, just think about the spot that the Michigan AD is in right now. You were just, what, two weeks removed from a national championship. And you have multiple different factions going on within your athletic department. You have Jim Harbaugh wanting a new deal with the immunity and all the things that go along with it. You have Jim Harbaugh shopping his services to the National Football League. You have people in your athletic department on the board board of regents or whatever they call them at Michigan that want the Harbaugh deal signed yesterday. And there's another part of the camp that doesn't want it signed at all because they don't want to commit that much money to him. Yeah. 
the only thing is, the only good thing you got going for you, Michigan, is if he does leave you high and dry, you're not high and dry. You already got your next head coach. So at least you don't have to worry. Like, like You're not going to market on February 1st. <laughs> Manuel's not going, like, he's not pulling out the Rolodex and just going through and calling coaches to see if they'd be interested if Harbaugh does, in fact, leave because he knows who he's going to hire. So that's at least one thing you don't have to do. But you're right. They're juggling a lot right now. Well, and at any point in time, whether he takes the job or whatever happens, then comes the 30-day transfer portal window for the University of Michigan. Oh, I, don't, I don't want to kick this back up again. 654-ROAR. More to come after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg Ellie of the Prosperity Group. I'd like to invite you to tune into our radio show, The Prosperity Hour, on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You'll learn about Social Security, how to maximize it, how to make an asset out of it, how to protect your retirement income and create a pension-like income that you can't outlive for both you and your spouse. I'll show you tax-free strategies that protect you against nursing homes and illnesses. Just give me a call at 864-989-0176 or go to mymoneyissafe.com. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated, 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000-square-foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. They say the new year calls for new goals. So what about new house goals? Upgrade to comfort this year with natural gas. Picture warmer heat, endless hot water, cooking without power, and grilling without a tank. Make the switch for a cozier and more efficient home. Call 864-859-6375 or visit fhnga.com for details. And hey, before you dig, remember to call 811. It's the law and it's free. Happy new year from your friends at Fort Hill Natural Gas. Hey foodies, we want to talk to you about the Upstate's favorite taco spot, Willie Taco. With five locations across the Upstate, our award-winning team has been serving up fresh taco fusion for a solid decade now. And our chefs at Willie Taco utilize the freshest, most creative and unexpected ingredients in our kitchens. Come see why Southern Living and Food and Wine Magazine rave about our signature offerings, such as the Southern Tide, Crispy Avocado, and Nashville Hot Chicken Tacos, with flavors you won't find anywhere else. Willie Taco is ready to serve you our twist on funky, fresh fusion. It's the Willie Way. Calling all coffee lovers. The Dream Center is excited to announce that they have officially launched a coffee brand. They are currently offering three different flavors, Colombian, Donut Shop, and French Vanilla. 
The Dream Center receives $5 from each bag of coffee sold, and trust me, they're all delicious and a great way to start your morning. Purchase yours today. It'll make a difference. Buy online at dreamcenterpc.org or in person at their easily resale store on Calhoun Memorial Highway. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. So what exactly are the net rankings? I have no idea! Tune in every day until March as we try to figure it out. The Roar, where every day is game day. We're back here live on The Roar, 9.45 a.m. on this hump day edition. We've got Concerno Meter coming up shortly. The ACC football schedule will be released in full tonight. And we did find out yesterday, Clemson Tigers not playing any Thursday or Friday games in 2024. The ACC announced all of those Thursday-Friday competitions and none include the Tigers. John, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you about that? Uh, 14. 14. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. I mean, I enjoy the the change up if you will of like once a year to kind of do something a little bit sure different you do you just because then i get a saturday free to watch college football all day yeah, that's true but from like just the pure professional standpoint i think this is fantastic for clemson i, I, I don't like staying you. here till three two thirty in the morning and then coming back and doing a show the next day yeah i i like sleep yeah i'm i'm all for it i don't know it just it feels like it throws everything off it feels it throws it throws our cadence off during the week in terms of prep and how we evaluate when is Coach Sweeney's press conference going to be? When are we going to be having player media availability? You know, yeah. it just. This also means no Monday night game this year on Labor Day because they played the Bulldogs of Georgia on Saturday. So we get that. In fact, this. Did this you see from, the big time Labor Day matchup, Brad? Who is it? Isn't it Florida State, Boston College? Oh, yeah, it's huge. Uh, this from, from Ross Taylor, a good friend over there at Clemson Football, it says with Clemson's absence. From Thursday, Friday, ACC games, 2024 will be the uh, first time playing all Saturday regular season games since 2020, but the first time in a non-COVID year since 2018. It'll be Clemson's seventh all-Saturday regular season since 2000. I applaud this decision. <laughs> I mean, I really do. I just I like normalcy. I like knowing, you know, like, those... I, I personally did not like the Labor Day games. One was five, but going back-to-back years doing the Labor Day games was not, not yeah, a fan of that. I was not a fan of that either. And so that's out of the way. Uh, and now no Thursday and Friday games. I Do you think Clemson ever gets put in the rotation of Friday games? 
Yeah, they, I mean, they, they have. Fought that for, they have, but they fought that for years. I, I think they're going to continue to win that and not be put in that rotation. I don't know. The, to me, the Friday games are sort of throwaway. Yeah. I think they can be for sure. They can be. <laughs> Do you watch football Friday nights? Most weeks. Oh, not really? every week. Now, there have been, you know, there were some Friday nights where the slate was just awful and would go find other things to do. But if the game is remotely intriguing, I'm watching. All right, then let's see if you constitute some of these as intriguing. I'm going right. to give you the just the Friday night games. Okay? All right. Uh, week one, Duke and Elon. Uh, I'm going to answer these on a one to five scale. That's okay. a zero. Uh, no. Also, I have multiple family members who graduated from Elon. I don't care. So do I, actually. Uh, uh, also week one, Stanford TCU. Three. That's an ACC game. <laughs> Stanford. Oh, my gosh. Stanford versus TCU is an ACC game. Mm-hmm. Uh, week two, SMU and BYU. That's a lot of U's. Uh, three and a half. I'm intrigued by that. It's week two. And football's still new. Yeah, you'll yeah. watch. You'll watch. And then we get the classic battle, week four. Stanford goes to Syracuse. One end of the country to the other. Cross-country fight. Who you got in this one? You know, uh, we talk so much about UCLA having go to Rutgers. Why does this one not get any play at all? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Stanford uh, and Syracuse yes. in a conference game? Yes. On September the 20th, week four. Are you going to watch that one? Don't even lie. Don't lie. Be honest. There's no way you're watching that game. There's no chance. Uh, you're not giving up your Friday night, especially since you'll be working on Saturday the next day. That That's wife time because you're going to be gone all, all day Saturday here. You're probably right, yeah. So you're, <laughs> you're, she's not going to let you watch Stanford-Syracuse. Let's be honest. Probably not. She's gonna I have would other advise plans. her not to let me watch Syracuse <laughs> and Stanford. She's going to have other plans for you. Uh, Virginia Tech at Miami in week five. Uh, okay. That's a, that's, that's a four. Three or four? four? That's a four. That's a four. Look at you. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. Oh. And that's going to be her when you say, can we watch Stanford Syracuse? I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Florida State and Duke week eight, October the 16th or 18th. Uh, right now it's a two, but I reserve the right to increase that number based on what Duke football is in 2024. All right. Uh, I, I think that's at least a three. Yeah. Uh, Louisville and BC, uh, week nine, October 25th. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Right now, that's a one. Because I think Louisville really regresses this year. Oh, really? Even though they have 30,000 transfer portal people? I thought that means you're going to be good when you bring in 20. No, I know that's, you know, general thinking that just because you bring in transfers that they're all upgrades. That's what I've been told. Um, I I understand that that narrative is out there, but we do remember how last year Louisville was able to make the ACC championship game because of the teams that weren't on the schedule and the slate that they had. Yeah. I mean, they were the definition of you ain't played anybody, Paul, last year. Okay. So maybe a two for now? Maybe. Two and a half. I'm a one on that. Uh, Cal Wake Forest. Oh, another classic battle. November 8th, week 11. Academic decathlon, baby. Let's go. I don't think you're watching that game. No, not a chance. Okay. Well, at least you were you were honest on that one. I'm not going to watch the two, pro, what I think may be the worst teams in the ACC in the 24 season, square off. <laughs> uh, 
ACC matchups on a Thursday. I'm not going to do the non, non, you know, ACC versus non-con here. Uh, Boston College, Virginia Tech on a Thursday. Interesting. Where's the game? Where do you think it is on Thursday night? I'm just making sure. Okay. It better be in Blacksburg. That's it a four is. if it's in Blacksburg. If it was in Chestnut Hill, it would be a one and a half. How about they got Virginia Tech's got to play on a Friday in week five and a Thursday in week eight. Weird. I, I Honestly, I think Virginia Tech loves that. Maybe so. Syracuse at Pitt on a Thursday night in week nine. And then week 13. I, I think Thursdays were made for this. Wait, week 13. So is this Thanksgiving Day? No. Thanksgiving, be the, I think, will be the next week, right? I don't know that. No, wait. They're not going to play on Thanksgiving Day, are they? Want me to look that up and see if that's Thanksgiving? I mean, could be. <laughs> that is not Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving before. is the 28th. Yes. Okay. Because uh, th- this is not a rivalry game, but this feels like a Thursday night. This is ACC peak Thursday night action. Oh, gosh. Where are you going with this? NC State Wolfpack travel. I, I knew it was state. I knew it was state. To Bobby Dodd <laughs> Stadium to take on the jackets of yellow. Georgia Tech. Finally an ACC matchup I recognize. <laughs> what? You mean the Big East game between Syracuse and Pitt didn't do it for you? It or hasn't the, or, done it for me for the last eight years, or, and it won't do it this year. Or the Big East game between BC and Virginia Tech doesn't do it for you? No, ne- and neither does the Pac-12 game between Cal and Stanford, but you know. Or this weird home and home that North Carolina and Minnesota set up. <laughs> None of that does it for you. No. All right. All right. Why is that a home and home? Beats me. Couldn't tell you. Don't understand those two. I wish they were playing that game in November. I'd like to see North Carolina have to go play outside of Minnesota in November. No, it's week one. Uh, maybe it's an ACC Big Ten challenge we don't know about. <laughs> because the basketball went Could away. Be, yeah. And so they decided to kick it up for football. And just not tell anybody? And just not tell anybody. Uh, yes, you are You are correct on your week one Labor Day games. Um, Florida State and Boston College on a Monday night. Also to note, uh, week zero in Ireland between Florida State and Georgia Tech on August 24th. We are going to be subjected to so much Florida State football in the first two weeks of the season without them playing anybody. Is Florida State Florida's not playing any Saturday games this year. They're playing... <laughs> Or any normal Saturday games this year. They're playing in Ireland, start the season. They're they're playing on Labor Day night, and they're playing a Friday game in Durham. What a weird schedule for the Seminole. This has to be the most odd schedule they've ever had in the history of their program. Well, to be determined, because in, in true ACC fashion, well, we have to ex- use all 72 hours of this three-day period to release the schedule. Are you going to watch tonight? No! <laughs> No. <laughs> I have never watched a schedule release show, and I'm not going to watch it. It's early this year. It starts at 5, 5 to 7. If it's on while I'm in the gym, I may pay attention, but I'm not sitting down to watch the ACC schedule release show. I wouldn't do it for the SEC. I wouldn't do it for the Big Ten. Do it for the NFL? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't do release shows. But uh, we'll certainly. that's what social media is for. I don't have to watch it on TV because I'll get it within seconds when it's announced. And it's in a nice, clean graphic that I can understand and make sense of, and I don't. We don't have to go through the team by team breakdowns and like I, I understand why the the networks why they have these shows. It's I mean it's easy programming. You get to talk football when football season's over. I get it, but it's just not for me. <sighs> just let me see the schedule when it's out. I mean, we, we'll know, go from there. we know who Clemson is playing. We just don't know 
the win and you know the way they stack up. We know or the buy or you know any of those kind of things. Yeah, we're we're just going to get the the wins. And in fact, I've got some something on Concerno Meter for you there, John. We'll uh, we'll get to in the scheduling portion of Concerno Meter coming up in a little bit. But ACC schedule will be released tonight, and we'll get some answers on um all of that stuff. I don't know. It's just the ACC is so late to this party, and I just don't feel like there's a whole lot of interest in that right now. Uh, plus, you got SMU, Cal, and Stanford coming into the league. Does that does that affect your excitement for the season at all? Cal and Stanford? Yeah. And SMU. I'm excited for SMU. You are? Yeah. Because out of all the possible ones, that one actually made a, the, the tiniest bit of sense. Well, Clemson only plays one of those three this year in the regular season. Stanford comes to Memorial Stadium. We'll find out when tonight. But uh, that's the only one they play. That's just going to feel like a non-con game. I'm, I'm not going to be able to wrap my mind around it. That it's going to count. And, of course, my mind immediately goes to the fact that we had North Carolina and Wake Forest play a non-conference game, but now Clemson and Stanford is a conference game. Uh, yeah, good point. Make this make sense, Brad. I can't. Wait a minute. You want me to make sense of decisions that are made in the ACC office? And yeah. Among ACC teams? I've been asking for years, man. When are you going to come through? Uh, never. Okay. I can't explain anything they do over there. But if you want to check it out tonight, the ACC Huddle 2024 football schedule release show will be on the ACC Network and simulcast on ESPN2 from 5 to 7 p.m. There you go. And I'm at sure 7 p.m., we will have Clemson Women's Sports Hour right after or after Road Rage with Walt Deptula. There you go. What, why do you need to watch the schedule release show? Ro- Walt's going to be on. Yeah, Walt, Walt will give you the schedule. Walt will give you the schedule. You don't need to watch this. I'm not trying to deter you from the ACC no, Network. No, but I'm trying to drive you to our programming here. Boy, Absolutely. Just the, the ACC Network need viewers. But... But the <laughs> uh, just tune into Walt Diptool and Road Rage. That's all you need. That's to what do. you were going to do anyways. Yes. Don't don't change up the routine. Right. Right. Five to seven is reserved for Walt. Not a, a weird. Not I mean, this, John. That I I don't know. I I can't help that. That, that time is weird. Like <laughs> who broadcasts anything of importance well, at five to seven? I think the problem is is last year they did it from like seven to nine and nobody watched. So I think they're just trying to find a way in which. They can get um, viewers. So you're telling me that by the end of the decade, this thing will be at at, at 9 a.m. on a on a Monday morning while we're sitting and here? And we'll just give you the schedule, man. But actually, that would come full circle because a few years ago, that's how they announced it. Back when Packer had a show, yeah, they announced it while we were live on the air. And so Ben and I got to go through it as it's you know turning, which was kind of cool, but. So we're going to go back to that in about a decade. Everything goes full circle. Wait a minute. A, a decade from now. Do we even do we even recognize the ACC at the end of the decade? Well, that might be the bigger question. I, I don't know if we recognize it as the question is who's in the ACC is the question. <laughs> well, so I'm saying, are, we, are, we, are you and I recognizing this conference at the end of this decade? To be determined. 654 Roar. When we come back, we'll fire up Concerno Meter. We'll take your calls, read your text, get in 654 Roar back after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 